0: Uh, The reading this morning is from Colossians chapter 1, beginning at verse 9. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Thank you, Vic. Uh, Do keep your Bibles open uh, and we'll... Uh, start this time in prayer. Our Heavenly, Heavenly Father, we thank you for every opportunity uh, that we get to open up your word. Uh, and as we look at uh, this next bit in uh, Colossians this morning, Lord, please would you help us to grow in our maturity in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, most of you here will uh, know of the fictional character Peter Pan. Uh, he originated back in the early 1900s uh, and, uh, in a book and he was uh, it was later developed into a play and eventually it made it onto our TV screens, which I'm sure is where a number of us uh, know him from. And Peter Pan is the, the kind of character who was mischievous, free-spirited, uh, and of course he was young. He was the boy who never grew up, he didn't want to grow up, he refused the maturity that being an adult would bring. And it's fair to say he succeeded, because every time I've seen him in a movie, he looks exactly the same age. Uh, He's obviously a a fairly likeable character, because he's survived 120 years, and and his character has been rebooted many a time. Uh, He's successful, but in real life, what he stands for, not growing up, doesn't really work. Uh, I've tried it, trust me. Uh, and the place that's particularly treacherous is in the christian life failing to grow up or mature in the christian life can lead to all sorts of problems it's not something anyone sets out to do and yet it's all too common among christians it can lead to unnecessarily causing conflict with other believers it can cause us to give in to sin and to not take sin's consequences seriously And it can also cause us to be persuaded by every fine-sounding argument that comes our way. And perhaps it's this last problem uh, that's the one that Paul is most concerned about for the Colossians. We'll see that it's part of the reason that Paul and Timothy have written and 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 why they've been uh, praying for the Colossians as soon as they heard news of their faith. And their prayer is that the Colossians would grow to be mature in Christ. Maturity is an interesting concept. Uh, we might label a young person as mature if they display some of the characteristics that are beyond their years. Uh, maybe we use it to talk about slightly older people in a nice way. Uh, to be, uh, we we talk about it. We use uh, the word mature to talk about cheese or wine. Uh, to be mature is to be grown or developed. Uh, to be advanced. Uh, at an advanced stage in the process. But in these verses, we get a Christian perspective on maturity. We heard last week about the church that Paul is writing to, a a church who have heard the gospel message uh, and have come to faith in Jesus. And Paul has expressed his thankfulness to God, particularly for what he's heard about the way the gospel has impacted their lives. But now he has a request for God. Uh, And in this passage, there are five things that uh, Paul prays for that will lead the Colossians to maturity in Christ. Uh, I should say, I'll I'll talk about these five things at at varied lengths, but the first one is is definitely the longest. Uh, So so firstly, Paul prays that they will know the will of God. And we see it in verse 9, that they need to grow in their knowledge of God's will uh, if he's going to be the one guiding their decisions, As Christians, knowledge is something that's important to us, not necessarily to uh, get us into God's kingdom, but knowledge helps us to to be faithful, to be discerning. In verse 9, you see the words wisdom and understanding. Now, both these things are things that relate to knowing God's will and things we need to persevere in the faith. It's very possible to hear the gospel and to be impacted by the gospel for a time but to later drift away from the truth of it and go down the wrong path. Jesus tells the parable of the sower and the seed. And in it, there are some people who hear the gospel and who respond to the gospel uh, rightly before it's drowned out by other things. So Paul prays for them to be filled with the knowledge of God's will to continue to enjoy his benefits. Now for the Colossians, that would have meant getting to know God's word. And for us, it's, it's the same process. Uh, That's the main way that God has chosen to reveal his will. That's how we know it's important for us to love our neighbour. That's how we know it's important to act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly, to not steal or lie or gossip or slander or boast and so much more. Now a lot of us uh, find it easy to get sidetracked from the will of God and that was the danger for the Colossians as well. Paul didn't want some new, unfounded knowledge to be consuming their thoughts. Uh, One way we can get a gauge of whether we're growing in our knowledge of the will of God is through passages like this one. This is a prayer, and it's helpful to note what Paul prays for. It's not a prayer for just practical things, even though that's what we need at times, physical health, well-being, work-related things, relationships, but Paul gives us a great way to pray for others, that they be filled with the knowledge of God's will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Uh, we heard a couple of book reviews earlier, uh, which are great tools to help us grow in our knowledge of God and, and to pray more in line with His will. Uh, verse 10 shows us why why knowing God's will is such an important thing for the Colossians, because that's how you learn to live in a way that's worthy of God and that pleases him. Throughout scripture it speaks about pleasing God, uh, not about living to please ourselves, not about living to please other people. That's the first thing that Paul prays for, that they would know God's will so that they can live lives that please him. Uh, The second thing he prays for, maturity in Christ, is there in verse 10. Uh, by, By bearing fruit in every good work, Uh, What what does that mean? Uh, We had a lemon tree when we moved into our place. Now it's just a tree. Uh, Once upon a time it it bore fruit and uh, and that fruit blessed others. There was an abundance. And I think that's kind of the picture that we see here. That the believers would live in a way that their good works are a blessing to their brothers and sisters. Our good works should be an outworking uh, of what Christ has already done. In each of us. He's not meaning do good works uh, because you've messed up in one area of life and you want to get right with God or make yourself feel better. The works that Paul speaks of here is a bit like when we say thank you. Uh, we tend to say thank you after the fact, after someone's done something for us. Now when we've been made right with God through Christ, uh, good works are a response to that. Bearing fruit in every good work is like saying thank you to God. Uh, And the motivation is to please the one who has rescued us. And the motivation should also be to bless others like a fruit-bearing tree does. That brings God glory. Now the word for uh, bearing fruit, it means keep doing it, Uh, keep bearing fruit. Bearing fruit in the Christian life is an ongoing thing that Paul calls the Colossians to do. It's not a thing that you do to begin with and then kind of sit back from. Uh, A lot of people in life look forward to the day when they will finally retire, Uh, and some of you here may have already reached that glorious day. Uh, You've got the the gold card to prove it. And I think uh, sometimes as as Christians we get into the same mindset when we think about bearing fruit in good works. We do things for a, a period of time, but then we get worn out or discouraged, and and we can't wait to kind of retire from doing good works. And for some of us, uh, we feel that way well before we reach retirement age. Uh, Other things can become important to us, and dare I say it, more important to us than pleasing God by doing good. And it it can be anything, can't it? Uh, You'll know the things in in your own life that take you away from doing good and, and bearing fruit. I think it's something that's a lot more common than we care to admit. Paul's prayer is something that's good for us all, because many of us wrestle with this at different times. He says, keep bearing fruit, keep pleasing God in that way. The third thing Paul prays is that they will keep growing in their knowledge of God. Uh, and this sounds very familiar to, uh, very similar to the first point, but there is a slight difference They say the more you get to know someone, the more you'll see their flaws and their faults. And as I've got to know each one of you, I'm just just kidding, Uh, you've probably seen a lot more of of my faults. Uh, And I'm sure that this is true in, in many relationships. But the exception, of course, is when we get to know our God. He's not flawed or faulty like us. This is a prayer that they would grow to know more of what God is like. He is loving, righteous, just, merciful, compassionate, faithful, and and so on and so on. It's a prayer that they will see God's character. God is someone who is trustworthy. He's someone we can turn to at any stage. Uh, One reason we... Fail to trust God at certain times in life is because we treat him as if he's like one of us. We don't see his goodness. We don't see that he's consistently there for us. Paul praises for the Colossians so that this newfound relationship with God might develop and deepen and help them with whatever lies ahead. Grow in the knowledge of God because he is a God that we as his people can call upon. The fourth thing he prays for is there in verse 11, that they would be strengthened by God. Uh, It says, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Now what Paul is praying for is not an easy thing to do. It's something only God can do. Uh, On our own, as much as we'd like to think otherwise, we're we're weak-willed. We're given to our own desires or we're given to the will of others. But where we are weak, he is strong. It is only in God's strength that we can actually live in the way that pleases him. And isn't it good to know that he gives us the strength we need by sending us the helper, his Holy Spirit. He actually strengthens us by convicting us, helping us to see our sin and and turn to God for forgiveness. He softens our hard hearts. He makes the truths of the Bible real to us. He emboldens us as we live for God. No one could dream of maturity in Christ without the help of God's Holy Spirit strengthening us. Uh, and so Paul asks for that. Now the fifth and, and final thing he prays for is that the Colossians would be those who are thankful. We saw Paul's thankfulness last week and now we see him pray for them to be thankful. Because thankfulness is a mark of Christian maturity. It's a recognition of the great work that God has done in Bringing us to faith in Christ, it's the right response to the gospel message, which we see so clearly in, in verses 12 to 14. Uh, verse 12 says, "Giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light." God has qualified them to share in this great inheritance, something that all of God's people share in. Uh, many of you will know that the Winter Olympics is on at the moment, and For some of the events, it's all about qualifying, making sure you do enough uh, to get into the final and to be in contention for a medal. Uh, It's all about doing all you can and then hoping that it's enough. Now, in contrast, the Christian life centres around what God has done. He's the one who qualifies us for this inheritance that we one day look forward to in God's kingdom. And at the heart of the gospel is this knowledge that we have been rescued from darkness The dominion of darkness, as Paul puts it in verse 13, a place we can never escape on our own. Uh, It's very much a spiritual thing. There's immorality, there's anger, violence, vengeance, and and other such things that take a hold of us. Uh, It's a little bit like in in C.S. Lewis's The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe uh, writings, where, where Narnia was a place where it was always winter, but never Christmas, And it's a bit like uh, like the situation we we find ourselves in. We are all in a world where sin reigns, where we ourselves, were slaves to it, and it's a never-ending slavery. But God has has brought us out of that. Through Jesus, God has taken us from that dark place and into the kingdom of the Son who he loves. Uh, And that speaks volumes for how God now sees us. He loves his Son deeply. And now he shares that love with each of us. It's a love that can't be overstated, but it's a love that also can't be taken for granted. Jesus, the one through whom we've been redeemed and and forgiven, that's why thankfulness matters. Now this is the gospel that the Colossians have believed. That's their story and the story of all those who trust in Jesus. Uh, And I hope and pray that includes you as well, and that it leads you to thankfulness. Notice how active God is in the passage. God has qualified his people for this inheritance. Uh, He rescued them. He brought them in. And so Paul is essentially asking God to continue this work that he begun in them. And this is one of the the most important prayers that we can echo uh, for ourselves and for other Christians a prayer for maturity in Christ. Uh, As we close, I I realise that that we'll all be in in different places regarding uh, this journey to maturity in Christ. Some, by God's grace, will be persevering and enduring uh, as God helps us to mature in the faith. But others here might feel as though we're we're drifting down the wrong path, not growing in the faith, not bearing fruit, uh, perhaps stuck in a conflict uh, a conflict with others or, or stuck in a particular sin or, or being led astray uh, by something other than the true gospel. The good news if, is if you're here, uh, you're in the right place because our God is the one who is there when we come to him and, and when we ask him for help. The same God who called us from darkness to light uh, is, the, is the God who is able to bring us to maturity in Christ. Uh, so let me pray now that he would do that. Our Heavenly Father, we, we thank you so much uh, for bringing us um, from the dominion of darkness uh, into the kingdom of your Son. Uh, Father, thank you for blessing us in that way. Our Lord, we pray for, for each of us here. Uh, that you would help us to continue to uh, strive to maturity in Christ. Please would you strengthen us. Uh, Please would you help us to be thankful for what you've done. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.